Today we begin a three-week series called The Power of Words. Uh, we like to really do a series after Easter that are really life-changing series. Did all kinds of different things through the years, and we believe that how we do and use and change words in our life actually can change our life and change the lives of others. So it's the power of words. You saw the opening image, uh, which is a Scrabble game. Uh, and uh, uh, growing up as, as a kid, uh, my grandmother loved to play Scrabble, my Massachusetts grandmother. And we would go visit on occasions through the years. We would always play Scrabble pretty much every single night, her and the kids and whoever would do that. And my grandmother always won. Now, there was a rule. Uh, she had a Scrabble word book, had every unknown word that nobody ever used was in the book. She had that thing pretty well memorized, but you could not look at the book until after you wrote the word down. You had to put that down. Then you could look at it. If you didn't have it memorized, you're going to lose when you played my grandma. Uh, she pretty much always won that game. So we, we, we love the Scrabble game in my family because of that personal connection with my grandmother. Thinking about words. As we think about words, I also want you to, to know this up front today. This is not a three-week series on social skills. It's not what this is. It's a deeper journey than just that. There are people who have great social skills who have nothing else. There are those who have a great deal of, of depth with them that don't have social skills. We're not talking about social skills. We're talking about words, uh, divine words, God's words, in us, through us, for us, with each other with God, and today, the words we say to ourselves. It must begin there. We actually have a memory verse for you. If you were here on Easter, you probably got one of these cards. If not, you can pick one up today when you leave. We have them at every exit. People will be handing them out. They'll be in some baskets as well. You can also take the word, this, this, this to give away. If there's any left, there probably should be. Give them away. And the memory verse for this entire series is from Ephesians 4.29. I'll read those words. Do not let... Any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And I know that this, this idea is, is beautiful, beautiful truth that God gives us about how we communicate to those around us and where we live in and change family and life and church by that. I also know we cannot do that Let's we start with ourselves and the words we say to ourselves. So that's where it begins for me this week. If we say the right words to ourselves, we can't go any further. We can't be telling ourselves that I'm a loser, or I'm a failure, or no one cares about me, or life is not worth living, or there's no God, no reason, no purpose, no meaning. We can't say those things to ourselves and go any further with the power of words. So we're going to start with what we say to ourselves. You heard some things already and Linda's words she read in, the, in, that, in that verse there. But here's the first major thought that will drive the message today. Our words can put a lid on the possibilities or release the potential. That means what I say to myself can put a lid on my own life. Who I can be, what I can do, how I can live. And almost everybody has a lid on their life someplace because of what we say to ourselves. And because of that, the possibilities of the Christian life and journey, what we, how we can serve, how we can live, how we feel, is often limited by that lid. So by simply changing the words we say to ourselves, as God gives us those words that light into our pathway, that light into, that, that light into our pathway, lamp unto our feet, that, that's not going to change. We start with words. 
You know, one of the shows that I really enjoy watching, and I, I watch the reruns, I, I watch it again, I don't care for whatever reason, if it's on, I love the Antiques Roadshow. Uh, I'm not sure what it is, but li- I love discovering somebody walking in the door with some kind of obscure object they had in their garage or their attic, and it's worth tons of money. Or they come in with this great discovery they have, thinking it's worth the value, they're told it's worth a nickel. Uh, you, for some reason, both are kind of fun to see that happening there in that story. But not long ago, a man came on uh, to show a portrait of his, I think, great-grandfather. It's a picture uh, painted of his great-grandfather. Now, now I have uh, pictures in my house of my family that are, that are only worth something to me. But this portrait of his uh, great-grandfather, I believe, uh, was out there uh, in the West, was painted by Frederick Remington. And he discovered this portrait in his house of his relative was worth $800,000. Talk about shocking. And there it was in his house, uh, the value of that. There was a resource, a great resource he didn't even know he had. It was simply part there all the time. He'd pay attention to it. Now, here is the word that we're looking at today. If God is for us, who is against us? Romans 8, 31b. Put that up on the screen, can we? If God is for us, who is against us? That's a resource that we often don't know we have. It's on our Bible. It's in our house. It's laying on the nightstand, on the, on the desk. It may be anywhere, and we just haven't noticed the value what God is offering you and me, a resource beyond imagination. Think of God's given us his son, Jesus Christ, wanting to give us everything else that matters, everything else that is important, everything else that has meaning with him. Don't we believe? If God is for us, who is against us? How those words can change our lives as we say them to ourselves. Read that with me if you would. If God is for us, who is against us? Read it again. If God is for us, who is against us? The words we say to ourselves and the resource made available And the power that can be lived out and the change that is made is just amazing if we really do that the way that we should. So we start with those words. Uh, We used to do in our church a a spiritual gift inventory. I've done it for quite a few years. Someone might come in and they would go through a list of questions, answer them. And when they were done, we'd uh, tally it up and give them an inventory, really what their spiritual gifts were. Here is what it is. But we discover something in doing that inventory. If they've never done it, they don't know they have the gift. So if someone has never, ever preached, it's never, ever going to show they have that as a gift. Until they try it, they don't know they have it. And so it was, I thought, a deeply flawed instrument. Uh, it just didn't show people what they really had available. didn't show what they re- the resources they really had. didn't show them what they really could do and really could be, really could experience they didn't have, there was no way it could reveal that. Now I'm going to read Philippians 4.13. Second point up there to add to this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened, strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Leave it up there, please. We have a God-blessed ability to live an abundant life. We have a God-blessed ability to be happy, to have peace, to experience courage, 
live an abundant, full life, live in relationship with God and, to, to, and a life of love and faith and courage and peace, making a difference in the world we live in, from church, family, all this around us. That is there because, read with me these words again, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Read it again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We say these words to ourselves instead of, I can't do anything. I'm worthless. Uh, I'm defined by my past. I have no help or resources. I'm, I'm stuck. The things we often say to ourselves or others say to us are the world we live in says to us every day. And we're bombarded by so many words designed to create discontent, unhappiness on our part, so we'll buy the products that they want to sell us. We hear it all the time, all around us. This is what God says. We hear these words, we say them to ourselves. You know, I, I, one of the things that I enjoy doing is going on Facebook, and I, I post things there all the time for people, little thoughts I have, little ideas, Bible verses. This is a great way to communicate for a preacher, and why would I not use that? I've learned to use that uh, through the years, almost every day. And I've discovered on Facebook there are lots of little kind of tests that you can take to discover things about yourself. What color you are, meaning blue, red, green, yellow. You're yellow and it means something. Or you're blue and it means something, you know. What kind of flower you are. You're a daffodil. You're a rose. Uh, what kind of aroma. It's, it's, whatever you think of, somebody has a test they put on Facebook you can take to find out where you are with that. What Disney character you are, what movie character you are. Uh, all that's there for you to be able to see. There's, of course, now a lot of ways to do genealogy. The old-fashioned way was a lot of research. My Aunt Body did that years ago. Aunt Violet was her name, Violet Ramsdale, but Aunt Body did that years ago. So we know our uh, genealogy from that. Uh, I'm English and Irish. English on my dad's side, Irish on my mother's side. That's what we got. A little bit of a Native American is there. Now, my wife Rhonda... It was harder to figure out for her because her family's kind of fractured through the years. And so a little more research had to be done through meeting family members. And we discovered that she has an ancestry different from mine. She does have English, does have Irish. She also has Scottish and German in her ancestry. And I, I told her, that explains a lot. <laughs> now, I'm not going to tell you which one of those explains a lot, but that explains a lot uh, with her. And, and we like knowing those things about ourselves, don't we? We like that. We like knowing our genealogy, how we come out on a test, how I'm introverted or I'm extroverted, whatever it might be. We like that and because we, we want to know more about ourselves. Somehow we think if we do that, we'll find some kind of maybe greater significance, maybe even direction, maybe even personal value, maybe even know ourselves better. And so we, we, we gravitate toward those kind of things most people do anyway in our life. Now let's look at this verse, 1 John 3, 1 and A. Put that up there? Yes. See how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. Significance, knowing who we are, finding our value, understanding why we are and who we are. Read that with me, would you? See how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God, a son of God, a daughter of God. There's no greater significance. To say those words to myself, to speak those words to me, change how I understand who I am, which change everything else in life. If I can focus on those things. Read that again. 
See how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. Hear those words. Three thoughts quickly. Words are dream builders or dream squashers. That's what they are. We can have all the dreams and all the vision that we might imagine. We don't say the words, they never happen. The words that we say to ourselves will change what the future looks like for us. That is absolutely biblical, absolutely experienced, and absolutely true. And God gives us the great words that we call the Bible, the words of Jesus Christ, the words of the New Testament, words that he gives us that can change everything. If we're willing to, to adapt our life to those words instead of allow ourselves to, to say the wrong things and squash our life, and limit our life, put a lid on our life. And so many do that. In fact, all of us do it one level or another. It's part of being human. Second thought with this one is, words set visions free or prevent us from even seeing them. This is very important, I think, uh, that, that words can often make it where we can't even see the possibility who I actually could be what I actually could do, how I actually could live, how I actually could change. The words we say often limit that to such a level that we never even see that that's possible for me. Never even recognize that there could be a change or life could be different or I could be happy or I could make a difference or I could have courage and peace or I could actually live like Jesus teaches me to live. Our words often say, I can't do that. We find ourselves not even seeing examining, exploring, checking out what might be. Instead, we simply live a life by saying what might have been. That's often how human beings live. Third word with this part of the sermon is, words have the power to shape our feelings, our faith, and our future. Words have the power to shape our feelings, our faith, and our future. Rhonda and I, my wife, we, we saw a movie uh, just a few days ago. It's called uh, The Woman in Gold. How many have seen that movie? Anybody seen that yet? One person, I think, at 930 saw it. Somebody back there? Not yet? Anyway, it's a, it's a, really, it's a, it's a historical movie. I love history movies, uh, real events that really happen. And it's got a great story in itself. It's about uh, a woman who was uh, from Austria, and she's Jewish, and uh, her nation was invaded by the Nazis in World War II. And when they invaded, uh, the Nazis invaded, they began, of course, arresting the Jewish men and women. Many were sent to concentration camps and killed, and slaughtered there. It was an awful time. They also stole from uh, the wealthy Austrians and any other Austrian Jew uh, uh, in, in that area everything they had. And her family was relatively wealthy, and they had a lot of paintings in their home. They enjoyed art. They enjoyed paintings, and their house was full of those paintings. And they were stolen from her family. Now, as a young woman, recently married, heard her husband escaped Austria before uh, the most difficult part of that season took place, just, just barely managed to get out, and they were going to come eventually to America where they would live their new life. Now, the story goes on, of course, that some years later, uh, they actually went to Austria, did some other things to actually get the paintings back to the family uh, from, Austria, from the Austrian government. And they got those paintings back, and all together they were worth around $315 million, uh, which is that story as it concludes. But here's the part of the story that I love the most and I want to share with you today. As she prepares to leave with her husband 
to escape by the skin of her teeth. Uh, her mom says, go say bye to your father. She goes into where he is, and she is there alone with her father as a young wife, a very young woman. She goes in to say goodbye, and they talk in Austrian for a while. And then he stops her and says, right now, I want you to begin speaking in English. I want you to speak in the language of your future. I want you to speak in the language of your future. And so the conversation becomes English at that point. She escapes to America where she lives the rest of her life. Uh, now, as you hear that, speak in the language. When I heard that, I thought, I'm going to write this down now for I, can, for I forget what's said here because we can speak in the language of our future. What, what future is your language speaking for you? What tomorrow is your language opening up for you? What changes is your language creating for you? What life is going to be tomorrow because the language you speak today and what kind of life do you have now? There was a language you spoke yesterday. What a powerful thought for me. So the three words of Scripture we read together, we can narrow down to just a couple, of just really just six words. I can. I can. All through Jesus Christ. All through Christ. I can. I can. I can. I can. Through Christ who strengthens me. That is such a terrific change in the way most of us not only think, but actually say to ourselves. The door it opens. The life that can be created by that. The future that's revised because of those simple truths that God gives us. I can. I am. I am. I'm a child of God. I'm a son and daughter of God. I am. Know who I am. Significance of belonging to a loving God who made that for us his own gift of his son, Jesus Christ. And I have. We worry about so many things, often what we do not have. Hey, what do I have? I have all the resources of a loving God. Everything that matters, everything that has meaning, everything that counts, God is going to let me have, wants me to have that. His pleasure to give me that. I can, I have, I am the full resources of a loving God. Instead of what we often say, I can't, I'm not, I don't have. Because those words kill our feelings, they kill our faith, and they kill our future. The power of words. Jeremiah 29, 11 were written in an, and spoken in an amazing time in history. Before I read those words, you have to know where they come from. The people of Israel had been taken into captivity in a foreign land. They were a long way from home. They were in the land of Babylon. They were in slavery, bondage. They were in captivity. They lost everything they had. They, they couldn't be in any darker moment than that. And from that very dark, dark place, these words of a prophet, Jeremiah, are spoken. I know the plans I have for you, God says, for a future and a hope, not for calamity. And those words would give them courage, and many others would give them courage to return to their homeland and rebuild Jerusalem, rebuild the walls around the city, rebuild the temple, and from that rebuilt Israel, Jesus would one day be born to die for the sins of the world. Where that promise comes from, how special is that? I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. 
plan for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. See what words can do, springing even from disaster and devastation and difficulty, which is what they were experiencing, and see how the future was changed by just words. Words of God people embraced as God's words to them. I can, I am, I have. God's words allow us to change even more than that. Now back to the Scrabble analogy I've been using for this, we'll use for the series. When you start a Scrabble game, I don't know if you ever played it or not. Uh, some may have, some may not have. You may have played word, Words with Friends, which is kind of a Scrabble game now uh, on, on an app on, on, uh, on, on smartphones. Uh, but when you start, there's nothing there but an empty board. It is just a square, empty, nothing board. All there is is a board full of possibilities. You know, if you know much about Scrabble, you, this is triple, triple word. You can get triple the score, triple letter, double, single, you know, and you want to put words there. And if you do that, you can get more and more points, and that's how you have to do that really to win the game. But you only start with seven letters. That's all you got. Seven letters. You know, you hope you get good ones. Uh, if you get all vowels, oh, no. All consonants, oh, no. And you want to have a hard letter because that's where you get the most points. You get more points when you play that. You play, you play the hard letter on the triple, the triple, man, you can really, you can really win the game, you know. And, and that's just like life really is. It's the way life is. It's an empty board. And just imagine right now that your future, my future, the board is empty. Nothing is there. It's just empty. Just all the possibilities of what could be tomorrow that's not today maybe, and maybe wasn't yesterday. I don't know what you have on your letters. I don't know. You may have a cue. Some may have a cue, and you may not have a U with it. That could be possible for you. That could be. Maybe you've got a bunch of vowels. Maybe a bunch of consonants. Maybe you have a W. I don't know what you have. You know what you have. I know what I have, but the board is empty. And how I play those words will define our future. Speak in the language of your future that God wants you to have. I can, I have, I will. And the words of Scripture, if God is for us, who can be against us? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's our great love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, thank you for the words you've given us today. The words in a message, the words of Scripture, the words we have seen, the words we have heard, the words that we have sung. Thank you for the words, God, you've given us today. And God, I don't know what each one of us has here right now in our hands. Uh, the letters that we have to play. I know we're each a different God, but you've given us what we have. I pray you help us lay that out in a new way to speak to that new future you have for us, God, one of courage, one of peace, one of happiness, one of making a difference as you make a difference for us, one that you have available to us as we say the words, God, that help open the door to it. Our prayer today is one of faith in you, and it's prayed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.